Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you are a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. We are talking about 2009's Drag Me to Hell. And I have, well, myself here. And then Katie. Hi. And we have a guest star, also recommender, well, requester of this movie to like for us to cover. And sister? <laughs> there is officially a call in line, but I called this one in. Yeah. He's like, yeah. you know what you should do? And I was like, I mean, he kind of wrote his own ticket, too. I mean, we are now also recording on a Saturday in the afternoon, which is true. And he had the Victor engineer slash chef make us food before. So you should probably come back to make this yeah, happen. I, I pulled some strings to make this happen. I'll yeah. Admit it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Andy is joining us. Welcome, Andy. Yes. Uh, today. So I'll start with what's new with you, Katie. What's new with you? Oh, uh, I feel like it's been a long time since we've recorded. Is that not accurate? It actually hasn't been that long, but it feels like a long time, I think, because the school like three weeks are longer. Yeah. Things are really picking up like we're like, you know, that tumbling downhill thing toward the end of the school year. And I know Mm -hmm. that I shared um, with you and Victor um, pictures of it. But this week um, at school, when they were celebrating Teacher Appreciation Week, they do the whole like surprise door decorating where the parents come in and decorate the teacher's doors the night before. And then you go in the morning and you're surprised by it. And mine was horror movie characters. It was um, at the top. It says, you don't scare me. I'm a teacher. And then it had a bunch of little desks with cute cartoony versions of horror movie villains like all over the door. And so there was like Pennywise and Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. And then Annabelle was there and Valak was there and Slenderman was there. And, and, I was like, and Chucky was there and Beetlejuice was there, which, you know, I love me some Beetlejuice. I don't it's not. Well, a to be fair, he's a demon. He is a demon. Anything that you can summon by saying its name a certain number of times is, is problematic. Adjacent. Yeah, Good. That's there a good go. descriptor. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he would for sure cause trouble in the classroom too. Yeah. So. Well, and it's funny too because um, the the class that I have this year is famous on at our school. You know, our, us being a K eight school um, is famous for being the the class that is the most challenging for the teachers in terms of the big personalities and the high energy and the special needs and like all all the things going on in this group. Um, uh, that, you know, it was kind of funny that they're like, you know, there's little monsters all over my door sitting at desks. You're like, this is true. This, this is, is my accurate life every representation day of my group. Children. Yeah. And I would say the other thing that's not really new with me, but I wanted to mention it just in case this person listens to this episode ever, is that today is my best friend Hillary that I talk about on this sometimes because she was my first ever horror movie fan friend um, in junior high. Today Those is her birthday. Defined. It's good to find they that are, person. And to, yeah, and she and I, we don't get to see, We, I mean, we never get to see scary movies together anymore because, you know, busy life and her kids are still pretty little. Um, so that that part's kind of sad. But um, today is her birthday and I'm going to be hanging out with her later tonight. And she loves this movie. I have the only association I had with this yes. movie before watching it yesterday was that, oh yeah, Hillary loves that movie. Um, and so it was kind of funny when I found out that we were going to be recording about this movie on her birthday. And I'm like, oh, she should be on the episode, but we already have a guest. So one guest at a time. Yeah. Well, happy birthday to your BFF. And um, I've always heard about her. I've never met her. That's um, true. You've met her. Yeah, for my birthday one year, we went to, remember we went to Winters? We we went to see one of the Insidious sequels as a group, but like, like Lorena went and Brandis and Sarah and you and me, and then Hillary and Kelly came with us and then we went to Winters afterward. But it was probably like six or seven years ago. A lot's happened, so I guess I have met you. I apologize if you're offended, if you're listening. I'm not sure you're, you're super very, offended. very memorable. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Back on track. Uh, what's new with you, Meredith? Uh, <laughs> all bad things. I no. can't wait to hear it. No, I found out 
on Thursday for my principal, who's amazing, but like I'm kind of salty at, at him right now because <laughs> there I was told that my position at my school is like being dissolved and I'm the lowest person on the totem pole, so I have to leave. And my son goes to the same school as me at where I work, so this is a big problem. So I don't know, like we're trying to figure that out, and that's been super, super stressful. And I have to pack up all my stuff and move out of the classroom in the next handful of weeks. So I'm just they don't like, even give you the summer to get out. They're like, no, because uh, yeah, because the whole district, all the schools are undergoing construction. So the day school ends, everyone has to be out or like have their stuff packed into all the cabinets and stuff, or or they have movers putting everything into pods. Well, don't put my stuff into pods because I'm not working there anymore. Right. So it's I gotta like, get, it I out have of to there get all my stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. So I've kind of like been mentally planning at like 3 a.m. what I have to do. Oh, because <laughs> so. there's nothing else you should be doing at 3 a.m. Uh, no, no. Uh, I need to like get my stuff out of there. <laughs> like those plan. are my paper clips. God damn it. <laughs> I bought those with my own money. Yeah, I know. There's so much in there I bought with my own money. So I'm taking it with me. Yeah, I'm taking it. Like, I don't need 400 binder clips, but I'm taking them anyway. Exactly. And my 12 different huge binders that I never use. Well, I'm taking them. And probably rugs. I remember there being rugs here at one yeah. point when you were getting your I brought my ready. rugs in. I'm going to take those. Like, everything's going to be taken out. And the kids are going to be like, what's going on? I'm like, well. Maybe some furniture, some pictures on the wall. Anything that's not nailed down. Everything. <laughs> and it's got to go. Everything. Wasn't that kind of how you found your classroom at the beginning of this year? Oh, like the, it was desolate. There's yeah. nothing in there. There's like tumbleweeds blowing through the middle of it. <laughs> so I'm leaving it like that. Yeah. Like on the last week of school. Like, well, sorry, it gives guys. you a little bit of context, though, of why it looked like that when you arrived. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's like. There's so much work into making it look like an actual classroom where people would want to be. Yeah. And <laughs> not as a punishment. <laughs> so that's going on. I'm super bummed, but hopefully by the time we record next time, something will have changed uh, regarding the job. I mean, I have a job. I should know where <laughs> or, or what? who I'm teaching <laughs> or what I'm doing. <laughs> so I still have health insurance. That's the good pro. Yeah, that that's is crucial. Pro. That's crucial. And then Andy, what's new with you? Yeah, I guess was so new to the podcast. I, I come in, though, through Victor. Victor and I were friends. Uh, actually, he worked with me and for me at our last job. And so we... Uh, but you, you don't like touch. to flex on that. I try not to flex. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I do hold it over to him whenever I can. I mean, that's part of the you reason. You're like, make me a burger. We're and he's like, here. yes, I got a burger. I got fries. I got some booze. I mean, so I made it pay what off. What kind of cheese that. do you want? You want this kind of cheese or this kind of cheese? <laughs> he even asked me what kind of ice cubes I wanted. He did. Like, and he had made ice cubes special for you. He, did he doesn't even do that for me. Reverence. Uh, so that yeah, Andy um, yeah, for me, I so I'm still in IT. That's the career. And I just started a new job. So that was like two, three weeks ago. So like right in the middle of like new job, drinking from fire hose, super, super busy. Uh, and then fun, I get to fly out to Texas on Monday oh. and to do like, but it's like Shut a week up. long of like training with people. Austin. So Wait, the, it's Austin. The, See? Austin, the fun part of Texas. No, don't. No. I don't know. I still know people that are moving their kids out of Austin because they don't want their kids educated in Texas. Oh, is it like that? Yeah, this is my first Austin's time. Austin's awesome, though. Is it good? It is oh. awesome. It's the closest to the Bay Area you can get in Texas, but it is still subject to Texas state laws. Well, of course. Well, but I, they, I mean, it's not like you're going to be doing that for the next week, like being subject well, to Texas funny state laws. I guess I'm in, I'm in West. It's in West He's going to show up and they're going to be like, abstinence. <laughs> I know. And he's like, I know. I'm married with kids. And they're like, well, no, we, don't care. we don't care. We don't care. You, <laughs> you no, can I'm, have good food. It's in West Austin. So I guess I guess that's like the, the bougie spot. Like everyone I talk to is like, oh, no, that's like where the rich people it's where the office is, so that's where I'm going to be at. So I think I'm going to have like a weird experience of Austin. Because we'll yeah, I mean, I'm not like a barbecue guy. Like I'm fine with it, but I'm not going to like drive distances to get. You're not going to go wait. You go to Slitterbond and you like water slides. Okay. <laughs> I would like to Frederick's man friend. alone that's a drive. on a business trip on a water slide park. They're you're going to Frederick's. You're going to Frederick's real quick. Be here, man. You're like I'm here by myself. Okay, wait. Okay, Barton Springs. Barn Springs. Oh, yes. Barn Springs fun. And you'll want to go because it's freaking hot. Yeah. It'll be oh, freaking yeah. hot. Yeah. Texas is hot. Right yeah, they now. don't play around with the heat. <laughs> I know. Barn Springs is really cool. It's a really beautiful, like, park. And it's, like, a natural... Mineral. Mineral, like, 
lake spring okay. dammed up spring uh-huh. to produce the swimming hole yeah and it's really nice lawns and people come and really like, big out. diving boards mm-hmm. okay but the water is like 68 yeah degrees really okay. cool. like you jump in if it's like 100 degrees in Texas which mm-hmm. happens all summer you go and dive in you're like ah tits off and then jump back out and it's like kind of fun they pull you out they resuscitate you (laughs) the area i'm in is literally the whole area is called bee cave yeah bee cave yeah so i'm like if i'm gonna do anything is there a cave with bees in it and would would you be down with that i I mean i need to see it from a distance i would want to i would walk into a bee cave you need to go i mean if it were like guaranteed safe honeybees and not there weren't like some wasps (laughs) hanging out in there dealing with yeah yeah stinging bees or these the happy honeybees yeah you need to go to the bridge where all the bats come out oh bat bridge there's a bat bridge well there's a bat bridge in sacramento bats like bridges it's a thing but on that one particularly when i took some friends a few years ago from the bay area of course i'm from texas but like we went there and you go and you get your six pack of shiner and you sit on the lawns and um wait until like dusk and thousands and thousands of bats come out come and it's out. like they're like swarming the sky and, and then waves of guano <laughs> <laughs> they've been holding it no, in no, we, we were like, we're yeah, like, we're like moved far enough to like not get more covid okay. for or whatever they have <laughs> <laughs> yeah, new covid will cool. come from there okay yeah it's really cool though okay. it's, and it's only in the summer because oh, they're here okay. they're there from like mexico i think oh Illegally, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they fly over, it's fine. Yeah, they didn't check with anybody on that. They're like, screech, we're here. They're, they're like, that fence don't do shit. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, Texans are like, this is fine because they eat the mosquitoes. And yeah. you know, Texans yeah. hate their mosquitoes. Oh, oh God. Because they're terrible yeah. and awful. Anyway, well, it'll be fine. It'll Thank fun. You. I am looking forward to it. So, yeah, got a little on a tangent there. That's fine. You can't say Texas and not get a tangent around I don't know. I, I know you me, spent time especially. there, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I live, I mean, I was born there, so. Like, oh. And my dad grew I'm, up I'm there, so I was there. So if I get off the up. plane and I sing, the stars at night are big and bright. Everyone like, <laughs> da, 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 deep in the heart. So I don't think that'll happen. My wife said, don't do that. I'm like, all right. Depends on how many <laughs> You're like, I'm outing myself <laughs> being from California. <laughs> California. No, you're just outing yourself as a Pee Wee Herman fan. Mm-hmm. Well, so this time around, it was my, well, your movie suggestion, but I, I condoned it, I guess. <laughs> you gave it the stamp of approval. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as someone who had never seen the movie, I, I had no uh, station to object. Yeah. And, um, well, I figured I did, I want to try the 13th. Did you though? I did. Did you really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you not watch it? Uh, no, I mean, I, I figured um, that you had seen it, but I didn't know if you'd actually rewatched it when we recorded. The oh, episode. I rewatched it for you. Aww. And then I felt so sad. <laughs> <laughs> you started questioning I'm your like friendship with me. like an hour and 12 minutes wasted. I, it's a very short movie. <laughs> it, is, it is. I was mad. Okay. So I'm doing the um, synopsis today. It is uh, directed by Sam Raimi. Amazing Sam Raimi. Greg Nicotero did the special effects. And then Allison Lohman, she plays Christine, and Justin Long plays uh, Clay. So the movie begins in 1969, and parents are frac- frantically pulling their blanketed, he's like wrapped up like a burrito, blanketed son, swaddled son out of their truck. Um, they just pulled into the driveway of a medium, uh, a young Sean De- San- Sandena. Sean Sandena. That's I right. don't know if that's I nailed it. Use the subtitle. It's a woman. Her name's Sean. Is that a thing? I guess. I in know. this universe. You guys how is it spelled? Well, you know S-E-A-N. how they say Sean well, Sandina. Sean, um, right? Sean Witt, uh, who is, um, she was in Ace Ventura and she was in something else. It's a woman named Sean, spelled that mm-hmm. way. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, her name is Sean Sandina. She asked the parents what their son took. And at first they're like, nothing. And then they're like, okay, she he stole... A necklace from a gypsy wagon mm-hmm. and was cursed. And they tried to return the necklace. They're like, we, you know, we tried to give it back. And they were like, no, um, it was no good. And so then Sean Sandana begins her ritual. But, um, and the, you know, she seems to be like, know her stuff. But then the boy is like tossed from this balcony up area onto the ground, onto a big marble floor. And the floor cracks open and hands reach up through like coming from hell 
dragging him down. And it hell is um, really close to the surface. It's super <laughs> close. And she, Sean, Sandina, she witnesses this um, and the terror on the boy's face. And she kind of is like, you know, until we meet again, you know, yeah. I'll be, I'll be prepared or I'll be ready for you. And he's screaming, Ayudame! Ayudame! Yeah, so now it's present day. We see our main character, Christine, in her car trying to lose that country accent <laughs> as, she listens, <laughs> as she listens to uh, addictions, see, not uh, addiction, uh, like a CD about like using addiction and, um, you know, mm. forming words and not sounding like a hit. It reminded me a little bit of uh, singing in the rain when they're getting the voice coaches when yes. they first go to talkies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I can't stand them. stop. So she works at the bank and longs for the assistant manager position. And she asked her manager uh, about it. And he says that he wants her to make the tough decisions. He, he's like, I haven't made a decision yet. She also mentioned that her new co-worker, Stu, is also up for the promotion. And she's like, he just started. He's like, yeah, but he's got that special something. <laughs> he's a man. He's <laughs> got that special something. What's it called? Oh, yeah, he's penis. the worst. <laughs> yeah, he's got a penis. <laughs> he's so bad. So, um, so this also, this seems like the drive. This She has a drive to be successful. And this is also related to her boyfriend, Clay, who's played by Justin Long. Um, who she has lunch with earlier, and she gives her nerd boyfriend, who is a history professor, I think. Psychology. Um, is it? Oh, okay. that's what it said on the outside of the building. Okay, you're probably, yeah. you're probably right. So she gives her nerd boyfriend a coin that he like collects, like different and he's like, kind of like. Gee, hun, that's swell. <laughs> it's in an envelope, and she's like, "Here you go. It's in, in circulation." He's like, "Oh my gosh, I love your butt. Bye." And then, <laughs> then they leave, uh, and she's leaving. And out, she's outside of his office, and then she overhears him talking to his mother on speakerphone, who just refers her a girl off the farm. Like, you need to, like, you need to go places, and this isn't the way. Like, dating somebody who's, like, kind of, like, yeah. has to listen to addiction CDs. Um, so, this, hence her, like, wanting to be better, I guess, or uh, climb the ladder. So then enters Sylvia Ganache, who is at the bank. Uh, she shows up asking Christine. She's an old old lady um, asking for an extension on her loan. And Sylvia has a creepy, gross eye. <laughs> this is what I wrote my yeah. <laughs> notes. She has a creepy, gross eye, dirty nails. And she seemed overall gross. She like takes Nasty out her dentures. Teeth. It's yeah. like all slimy. She puts them on a rag on the table and starts like eating, eating hard candies. candies. <laughs> and then she dumps the whole jar of hard candies into her purse. <laughs> um, so Christine, you know, she has to make the hard decision. And her manager's like, I guess this is the time to make a hard decision. Like, because she goes her some, house is getting repossessed. Yeah, her house. She yeah. wants an extension on our loan for her house. But I will say, it's like when she's saying it, it's like, oh, all these people are living at my house. I'm trying to get an extension. Mm-hmm. The more she's talking, you're just like, you didn't try very hard to keep this house. I don't know. It just. Well, she's like, but my eye. On account of the eye. On account of my eye. Like, right, are, you making, are you an eye model? Like, what Yeah, no, she, she had a legitimate job in the business world before the eye thing went wrong. <laughs> I mean, a fortune teller not having an eye is kind of like an asset. Exactly. Like, you, can you can charge, charge more. more. You yeah. look really cool. Yeah. So. Either that They're or like, like you're a pirate. So, um, Christine, she makes a hard decision and she denies the extension to Sylvia. Um, and which, you know, she realizes she's going to have her house repossessed and this causes her to like, she's like, I'm still, you know, I, Sylvia, got it. I'm a proud woman and I'm getting on my knees to beg for an extension. And Chris, she like puts her gross, dirty hands on her, uh, Christine's like, her you know, she's, like she's like, get away from me, security. And then like everyone in the bank stops and they're like, ew. And then and then the security comes and then Sylvia's like, you shamed me. And then she gets really mad and then attacks Christine and then they kick her ass out of the bank. Um, and then Mr. Jacks, her manager's like, are you OK? Well, that's a great. You made a great tough decision. You know, and they're like, Bye. way to go. What's on your skirt? Way to go. OK, <laughs> so then later um, after work, I'm guessing. So wait, hold on. Sorry. Um Later in the evening, Christine's walking to her car in a dark parking garage, and she sees Ganesh's car, but not Sylvia. 
And it's Hold a on, gross, I'm make the note creepy here, yellow. My Sam Raimi. That oh, yes. Car, yeah. That car is actually extremely famous. It, it's called the Classic, and that's what I, 88, what is it? I have it written down here because I'm not a car guy. That was Sam Raimi, the director's car, as a teenager growing up. And he would drive all of his friends, Bruce Campbell, around in it. Aww. It was in their first movie, Evil mm-hmm. Dead. It was in their second movie, Evil Dead 2. And then it was in Army of Darkness. It has been in every movie that he has ever made. Including Spider-Man? Including Spider-Man. <gasps> Spider-Man's easy because there's oh, cars true. everywhere. They're in the, city. the hard one was, uh, what was their one that took the place Amish in, one. The, in the future? <laughs> the Amish. Oh, the Quick and the Dead he did. Oh. Pieces of the car are in the blacksmith shop. Oh my um, gosh. They literally took parts out of it. The car still exists. And so. And it's that, all the actual same car, not just the, the same actual model. Same, well, he was like, it still functions. Some of the engine parts have been repaired and everything, uh-huh. but the interior, the exterior, it's dusty, it's old, it's beat up. Oh my up. God, that's it's amazing. such a cool story. So it makes like a little cameo. It's a cameo. It's a cameo. Yeah. car makes a cameo. Yeah. Um, so she, she sees that famous car and it's yellow and very like, recognizable and uh but gana she's not she's not in the car so she's like hmm hmm," a little bit looks kind of concerned then goes into her car and you see um in the back seat sylvia is there in the back seat and she's like "Ah." (laughs) like that (laughs) um so then she attacks christine the car gets put into drive goes crashing around the garage Christine and Sylvia fight, and it looks like Sylvia is going to continue the beat down on Christine finally. Even Christine, after Christine staples yeah. her eye shut. Yeah, and the, you know, it's crazy how it is happening. And you think, like, they each kind of get the upper hand in different parts. And then in the end, Christine's like on the ground, and you think that Sylvia is just going to like beat her ass even more. But this instead, she pulls a button off of Christine's coat and then curses it and says, like, she goes like, <sighs> like her, her, her like her like hot hag breath on, <laughs> on there, and she's like, yeah, yeah, or whatever, like saying incantations, and then she returns the button like and puts it meaningfully in back into Christine's hand and closes her hand, and Christine just sort of like like passes out. Um, so then she has kind of like a creepy, subtle, unsettled sensation when she wakes, and she goes to a medium shop or like a like psychic read the future shop. Mm-hmm. And brings her skeptical boyfriend Clay in with her to have her uh, future read by Rom, um, and he like brings her to the table, and then he's like, "I'll read your future," and uh, then he looks into her eyes, and um, you know, there's an eerie whisper, and then it's like, "Yeah, yeah," and he's like, "Ah!" and like jumps <laughs> from the table, and he's like, "I can't read your future. I'll give you your money back. Bye!" Like get out, and um, so he, you know, that's bad. So, <laughs> and then you find out, I'm not sure if it's this part or later, that the Lamia haunts the person for three days, uh, kind of tortures them, and then kills them, um, taking their soul to hell. So that night, she has more creepy visions, Christine does, with one being particularly horrific, where Sylvia appears kind of as a demon slash witch and spews bugs and maggots all inside her oh, mouth, oh, yeah. which causes her to awake, uh, scream, you know, scream herself awake. And then she goes the next day to Ganesh's house to talk and be like, hey, bitch, she, I'm sorry. Or let's, like, that, let's figure this out. But she finds a memorial Oopsie slash... <laughs> Um, wake open table funeral because it's like the body's just on the table or something. I it's think. awake. I looked yeah. this up. Yeah. You see, they do awake before they bury the body the day yeah. before. They do a big party. And they're just having a big like party. The Irish. Front room, but sure. And then drinking and gambling gypsies. Yeah. Uh, or Romani, <laughs> as they like to be referred to. <laughs> so Sylvia's granddaughter's there and she's like, You deserve everything that you get or have coming to you. Um, you know, she's also like, you used to be a little fat girl. And she's yeah. like, uh, okay. So I she love ret- the implication that like Romani, even if they're not mediums or not special in any way, they can just look at someone and be like, nah, yeah, I know a yep, detail you about you. You used to be fat. You used to be fat. So Christine works back. She goes back to Rom and she and he suggests like, well, I don't really know. Like maybe an animal sacrifice would be helpful. You know, like I mean, maybe the try killing an animal. And she's like, I never do that. I don't even eat. I, I volunteer at the puppy shelter. I don't even do that. <laughs> and then she returns home. Gets terrorized a crap ten more, and then she sees her little kitten and it's like dead kitten. And then you see her like burying the cat, and Clay is like, "Hey, are you ready for dinner?" And she's like, 
You sure. betcha. <laughs> ready to go. And my favorite, later in the movie, they go like, oh, yeah, there's like, so you have pets? Like, like, oh, oh, I, I had, had a cat. cat. And He's like, go, you have a cat. You have a cat. And it's just. I know. <laughs> and she just doesn't she say doesn't anything. Say. And like, well, she, well, how would I know where cat's come and go? <laughs> she does like a side eye. Like, you know, cats, you know, they leave and come back. Who knows? Who knows if I still have a cat? Um, <laughs> so Clay takes Christine to his, I said, uppity parents house <laughs> and um, to meet them for the first time. Dinner goes okay for a while, and then she also brings what she calls a harvest cake. She starts to hearing like creepy, like hearing creepy voices and whispers, and has like weird, gross visions. Like there's like a weird buzzing of a a bug in her stomach. Yeah, because there's that part that the fly crawled Mm -hmm. while she was sleeping. Yeah, it crawled crawled in your mouth. And After was, it crawled in one nostril and out another, that was uncomfortable to watch. And she's coughing. She's like, <laughs> and then the fly comes out and everyone's like, ew. And she's like, I have to go. And the mom's like, Clay's like, wait, I'm going to help you know. And she's like, let her go. <laughs> the mom. <laughs> <laughs> so then she returns to Rom and she's like, I, I need more help. I killed that kitty. Didn't didn't do shit. Kind of. I don't know if she said that. But. I killed that sweet little kitty. <laughs> do crap. So he, he's like, I can take you to somebody, but it's going to cost a lot. Like it's, $10,000 and um, to see the medium Fondana from your opening scene. Um, so she's like crying. She like hawks all this stuff and she only comes up with like $3,000, something like that. And then Clay comes over and says, I paid the medium. I believe you. Like, let's get this shit rich figured boyfriend. out. The rich boyfriend <laughs> saving the day, the day mm-hmm. even though like, he oh. doesn't totally believe her at this yeah. point. Yeah, but he's but like, oh, but you're cute and blonde. Here's $10,000. And you used to be fat. You used to be important, and, and I want to make sure you're letting that slide, guys. I love okay. when she's like d- depressively eating that ice cream, and he's like, "Aren't you lactose intolerant?" <laughs> it's like I don't like, I care. When we all know would that translate to, didn't you used to be fat? Like put Aren't the you? ice yeah. cream down. Put that ice cream down. Step away from the ice cream. <laughs> they refer to her being the fat girl the whole time. It doesn't really impact the movie. It no, seem it like seems like, like an unnecessary because they show that one photo of her like showing a hog or something back in her country days, and she like crumples it up. And and throws it away and she's like not obese in the photo she's yeah. just a little bit heavier but yeah it doesn't serve any purpose to the story at all well, yeah. they keep coming like, back to it aside from like making her oh that seems like one of the biggest things that she's like wants to not be who she is yeah so yeah. but we can go into it in, in a minute so so he plays he pays for her her shit because he loves her and yada yada and then she goes to back to the house and i think it's in pasadena um, back to the medium. Of course it's in. So Sandina <laughs> wants to perform the ritual, um, trapping the demon in a goat. And But things go awry and then hilarity ensues <laughs> in an awful way. <laughs> and then um, she, the, the Lamy is kind of like put back into the button, I think. And then uh, it, but it kills Shandina in the process. Uh, Christina, uh, Christine initially is like, oh, yay, she saved me. And Rob's like, nah, shit's still happening to you. Yeah. You have to, like, figure out how to get this button back. Like, you have to give it to somebody. Yeah. So and she's she, like, like, why didn't you tell it? me this before? And he's yeah. like, well, because you'll be cursing someone to an eternity of torment in hell and I'll be your accomplice. So it wasn't my first choice to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like, in the $10,000 afterwards, you go, I was like, wait a minute, $10,000 to really just say hello to the Lamia and have a conversation. And then only afterwards he goes like, "Oh, we weren't going to get rid of it. We were just summoning it so we could." But they were summoning it to kill it, though. Yeah, they, they they, their plan was to put it in the goat, in the kill goat. the goat. But that just didn't—they yeah. didn't succeed. And we left out the immortal words but you think of that, that goat. Oh my god! That you whore. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so she thinks about who to give it to. She, you know, guy gets that coworker who's god awful to come over, and she's like, "I have to give you something." And he's like, "Yeah." And then he, he's like, just don't tell me she's like, never mind. And then she realizes maybe she can give the re-gift that button back to Sylvia Ghana, Ghana mm-hmm. and her final resting place. So she goes back to the uh, cemetery. She there's a crazy scene where she's digging up the body. It's very Beetlejuicy. And, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And it was really fun. And she's like, I'm giving you I, Christine Brown, I'm giving you this curse button and then she's like chip on it bitch and it's like it's so <laughs> funny liner, yeah. yeah i mean it was so sam raimi so yeah. i was laughing but um so she returned the button and then she the next morning she seems very like pretty good has a you know the whole weight the, lifted the, off of the her the music in the movie is like da, 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 and and everyone's she's like, it's like when they first pull into toontown and yes. roger rabbit <laughs> Yeah, it was Sunshine like she, she seems 
pretty um, like a weight lifted off of her. Um, so she's supposed to meet Clay at the train station so they can get away to a cabin with trees and stuff. <laughs> Evil Dead. Yes. So, <laughs> and then you see Clay at the uh, train station before Christine gets there and he has like an engagement ring in his pocket. You know, Aww. it's going to be like a nice like, weekend. What a happy ending. She Best sees boyfriend. a store on the way in the train station. She sees a coat. She's like, I need that coat. Like, I'm going to have a really nice weekend with my boyfriend. I and, need a blue coat. Yeah. So she buys it. And she shows up and, and he's like, do you feel better? She's like, I, I feel so much better. I, you know, we're, let's go. We're going to have a great time. And he's like, you know, you know, where's your old coat? And she's like, I got rid of it. I threw it away. And he's like, well, that's too bad. Cause dun, 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 I have an envelope with the button. Here you go. And she's like, no. And like, she backs away from him, like terrified, falls onto the tracks. And her boyfriend, Clay, watches in horror, horror, not horror, as... <laughs> watches that horror. Watches that <laughs> horror, horror, that horror, um, as the ground cracks and the hands reach up and pull her into hell. And then that's the end. Scene. And scene. scene. And it says, drag me to hell! Yeah, the big time. Drag me to hell. Like that. <laughs> yeah. And that's the end. So, Katie, do you think it was scary? No. No. <laughs> um... No, I didn't. And to be fair, I think this is one of those situations where if you, you know, a movie, you can watch it a lot of times for a lot of years and it has a very special place for you. And if you come in out of nowhere and watch it once, you don't get it. Um, And that was kind of I didn't I didn't hate this, but I would probably not watch it again. Um, And I actually there was a a point where I felt I'm like, oh, my God, I'm Meredith, because when. (laughs) What you well, you mentioned when she goes to the reason that the whole button thing happens is because, you know, there's the envelope with the quarter in it and then the envelope with the button in it that look exactly the same. And then after she um, goes through the whole ceremony, there's a mix up in the car and she accidentally picks up the button with her boyfriend's quarter in it and thinking that it's or the envelope with the quarter, not the envelope with the button. And that's how he has the button. And it's the quarter that she stuffed into the, you know, corpse's mouth. Um but when that happened, when it like fell off her lap and everything, and I, I, I didn't realize it was going to be the switcheroo at first, but I was like, oh, she's going to accidentally, quote unquote, give the button to him and he's going to be the one that gets dragged to hell. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, when it went past that and I was like, oh, no, no, the envelopes got switched. And I was like, I'm like, Meredith, I know uh-huh. what happened. I finally feel something. I can predict. But at the, the same future. time, I mean, that was like pretty obvious. I feel like it, oh, yeah. it, it, wasn't, it wouldn't really blow anyone's mind that I like figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> on my own as it was happening. Um, there were moments that I did. I loved the goat. I did <laughs> die a little bit with that goat. Um, and, and then, then he, like the dancing, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you can see the wires, like <laughs> holding that guy in there. Um, and then the, the gross out special effects, like you, you didn't mention the, when she's at the wake and she accidentally knocks the body off of the table and it falls on top of her and it's spewing embalming fluid out of its open mouth into her open mouth. And it's like, <laughs> And then there's a bunch of moments in when their initial struggle in the car, when, you know, they're fighting each other, like what you when So when her teeth, her fake teeth come out and all of a sudden she puts her like huge gaping toothless mouth on Christine's chin and is just like sucking on the bottom of her face. Like there's, there's so she keeps many, tearing her hair all the time. Yeah, like fistfuls of hair repeatedly. Um, and so the I appreciated the like over the top, like disgusting and also hilarious special effects in those various moments. Moments. Um, so I, I found, I guess, I guess I found it a little bit entertaining at points. Uh, obviously it's not scary. It's not meant to be scary. Um, but you know, yeah, but a fun romp. Yes. Fun I, that's a good description. <laughs> it was quite a romp. <laughs> a, a crazy romp. Uh, Andy, do you think it was scary? Yeah. So for me, yeah, I don't think it's scary. Um, but I come, I came into it having seen Sam Raimi's earlier movies and actually his first movies were kind of some of my first horror movies. Mm -hmm. I was late to the game, like a religious household. So we didn't watch a lot of horror in general, you know, PG 13 only kind of stuff. And then only as a teenager, I started watching stuff. And so I think evil dead was one of the first ones I'd seen. And what I loved about that and that this movie too, is that 
it's the first time for a lot of people you see horror and like comedy. Yeah, it was very campy. It, not yeah. like slightly to the side of each other. Like at the exact same time you're laughing, you're grossed out. Mm-hmm. And like there's kind of like no other director I'd seen that's done that. And yeah. I just loved it because I typically didn't like horror movies, but it kind of expanded to me like, oh, you can just have fun with this. You can kind of goof around a little bit. So, yeah, well, it wasn't not scared, but like I relish the scenes with the sucking on the chin, <laughs> the gross out. There's stuff with... um. Like a ruler going yeah, in the yeah, mouth. The oh, yeah. The or when her whole arm goes into Christine's <laughs> mouth. Yes. Or she literally, a she has a anvil, anvil. fall on her head and her eyeballs pop, pop out. out of her head and into her mouth. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's shot in this way, though. Like, it's gross, but there's sort of like a Looney Tunes, Three Stooges spin to it. Yeah. That your brain doesn't get traumatized by mm-hmm. it. You, you sh- it's intended to make you go like, oh, like, this is fun. This is funny. Mm-hmm. So you forget to get scared by it. But you can still get, you know, jump scared for a second. Mm-hmm. But then it is really funny. And this movie is nothing but callbacks to, like, his other movies and stuff he did and um, I had a little quote in here that he used to say from the very beginning he does he thinks of uh, horror movies or movie making as a roller coaster he's like I want to thrill you I want to have fun I want to just enjoy it um, and he doesn't overthink it. Like this movie, there's a thing they say at the top. They're like, they did no research on this movie. This is not thought through. They just did it. So I, I I enjoyed this movie for what it was. I like to watch every once in a while, but I wouldn't watch it by myself because there's nothing new to find. Oh, okay. But yeah. my joy in life is to have this movie watched with someone who has no idea what they're getting into. Uh-huh. We're going to watch a horror movie mm-hmm. and just seeing their reaction, especially to the gross body the gross stuff. stuff. Yeah. Because it's not traumatic or yeah. gore porn stuff where it's yeah. just gore for gore's sake. It's this fun thing. So yeah, yeah. Well, and it also like it, it walks a really cool line between, I mean, it doesn't look super realistic in a sense because most of the things you're seeing aren't things that could physically happen, mm-hmm. you know, like the arm into the mouth, you know, yeah. like it's, it's, um, unbelievable looking in that way but it's also done i don't know how much of it how what their effects balance is between um prosthetics and um models and things like that versus any cgi that they might incorporate at all um but it's it's really well balanced between like it can't look realistic because it's not realistically possible but it looks genuine no. You know, it, it doesn't look like, um, you know, clay and latex and fake blood. And, you know, whereas like the Evil Dead stuff, like the effects in that were a little bit more dated. Over, yeah. Like um, it's been refined to a point where it still has that kind of corniness element yeah. to it. But it still kind of almost looks real if it were possible. Sure. Yeah. And I think you think that there's lots of practical effects. Like most of the Lamia is just shadows, mm-hmm. sounds and wind. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the tensions, all practical. There's no CGI. There's like a little bit of shadow. CGI. Yeah, the shadow Definitely manipulation. Like the I think that's why I like that so much. Because so, you know how I feel about that. Like yeah. not seeing blatantly in your face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like and the, the thing I had also was like the the scary scenes happen during the day, mm. which was like a weird note for me yeah. when I was watching it that like horror movies teach you that you're sort of like safe during the day. That's mm-hmm. when the plot happens <laughs> and they talk through. And mm-hmm. then at night, it's like the exorcist, like during the day, things just seem to be okay. And mm-hmm. then when nighttime comes, shit hits the fan, then you're getting scared and like, okay, now I'm, yeah. I'm preparing myself. But for this movie, there's like not a break and it doesn't matter if she's with her boyfriend or with mm-hmm. alone or with his family, no matter where she is, something's going to torment her and she can't get away from it. So yeah. I like that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Did and you think it was, it was like scary, Meredith? Um, I thought parts were like a little suspenseful, but I think it was meant to be like just sort of fun. Mm -hmm. So I watched the I went to the movie and I was pregnant with my first child, and I had I ever had like Reese's pieces on my belly and I was like eating (laughs) and watching the movie, and I was like, oh yes, and like doing this like when there's like stuff was spewing out into her mouth, and um, I'm like, is this weird that a very pregnant woman like? Cackling and, and you're gonna eat more of these Reese's pieces. Having a great old time. Yeah, but I mean, I love the Sam Raimi movies. I think they're always really fun. They don't seem to me like they're supposed to be terrifying. They are supposed to be just like really fun entertainment with no boundaries. Because a lot, like a lot of the horror genre, one of the reasons I love it so much is because it can take place anywhere. Anything can happen. They can be like gross stuff chopping up things like ghosts all sorts of things and there's no like parameters that it has to stay within so um i think that's one of the reasons i love it so much but 
I like this movie. I think it's really fun. It's I think my kids would think it was scary, but I never I never did. I thought it was just fun, entertaining. Um yeah, that's about it. Although did Sam Raimi and this is like a little off topic for like a second, but like did Sam Raimi do the Evil Dead remake? No, so he gave that to a like new director um, that I don't know if you know. I, I saw it and it it sort of has lost it's the jokey part of it as much. There's it was, no joke. Yeah, it's kind of a serious <laughs> remake, which you know if you want to, fine. But I mean, it would have been bad if you tried to make it jokey and not have it Sam Raimi, like another director trying to shot at it. So yeah, try and like just copy. Because yeah, I mean, the, the model for that story is you know, yeah. teenagers go to a cabin and they all get murdered. I mean, you can that's you can go a million directions with that one. It's like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air remake. Ooh. They had to make it dramatic because oh. you can't do the comedy. <laughs> I never watched the remake, though. Neither so. did I. I just know that about it. I know nothing about it. So. Well. <laughs> um, well, now, the Fresh Prince on. was in a cabin in the woods and was murdered. I'd watch that. I mean, I think that I could, could see be... I could see Sam Raimi yeah. doing some good stuff with yes, that. I got in a fight in the hood. So I got sent up into the mountains. Yeah. To a demon. I slapped a guy at the Oscars. They sent me to a, to a haunted cabin. That's right. A fun house in the woods. There's trees. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. Carlton's here. <laughs> <laughs> and Hillary's like, this place is gross. Yeah. I want that thing. <laughs> Somebody call me an Uber. <laughs> so you have a lot of information, Andy, about Sam Raimi. I, I quickly asked you a question because I had just thought about it. But like you really done a deep dive into. I did, but I want to go to the man. Overboard, but well, well, we're only at 40 minutes. We're so. only at 40. Oh, yeah. Oh, OK, great. So no, dive away. So I said after seeing this is uh, when I was younger, I was like, I got to know more about this guy. And the story is awesome because his the way that the comedy got into the horror was in high school, he used to make Super 8 films with his buddies, Bruce Campbell, his brother Ivan, uh, and kids in his neighborhood all in Michigan, mm-hmm. driving that old Delta 88, whatever it's called, like the classic around. Um, and they would do these short films, and then they would charge people to come see them. And they were mostly comedies, just them kind of joking around. They have title cards and stuff. And they would charge six bucks. And one of his friends, who was his producer for his later movies, was the guy that did the business side. And they were they they were like, we would pay five hundred dollars for the camera and all the equipment, and we made six thousand. So as like a teenager, he was making money. Mm-hmm. And Evil Dead started off as a movie called Into the Woods, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he said while they were shooting that, like, he I had think met- Andrew Lloyd Webber's going to sue somebody. Yeah, it's like, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, let's not get this past the lawyers. Um, or it might be in the woods. But no. he, uh, he said in the movie, there was a scene they thought would be fun. They were like, there's a comedy bit. There's like a joke and then a scare. And he said, I remember watching this group of people watching it. And I, they didn't really move around or get engaged much until the moment where I had some comedy and then a scare right next to each other. And he's like, a little light bulb went off in my head. He's like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do more of that. He's like, because the rest of my comedy doesn't always land. The horror stuff, it's low budget. It's kind of hard to shock people. But something like a weird electricity happened when he did those two things. And that in the woods or into the woods movie is what Evil Dead turned into. Got a bunch of money, got all his friends together. Then there's like a nightmare story of how they shot that. But I love that in his later movies, you see that kind of like impact or like the way he does stuff. And Evil Dead 2 was just getting a huge budget and saying, we're going to do the exact same thing. This is what we would have done the first time if we had this money. (laughs) So then he did a bunch of stuff between those Evil Dead movies and Drag Me to Hell. But the interesting thing to know is like on the way to Drag Me to Hell, he did a couple of movies that he had like a horrendous like Hollywood experience, I guess, for lack of a better term, like like uh, huge amounts of like executives going, why don't you change this or why don't you take that out and put Mm -hmm. that in? And so Drag Me to Hell was one of his first movies that he got to do by himself full creative control, nobody messing with him, big budget to do whatever you want to do. And this movie was written by him and his brother like in 1989 and had been floating around for like 20 years. And he's like, we just didn't have the time. And they were about to do it when Spider-Man hit. Mm -hmm. And then he was totally booked with Spider-Man the whole time and they were working on it. Um, So what I like this movie is like you get to see him doing what he did when he was in his 20s. Again, he made Evil Dead at 21, 22 that's crazy. I was working at Kinko's. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was like, it's really impressive. And when you see him, there's interviews of him talking with his friends and explaining to people like this big movie. And they have cuts to big directors now, Guillermo del Toro, uh, Stephen King, a bunch of people who were like, we saw this and this was a big deal. This guy was doing really interesting stuff with the camera and with the way he was doing stuff. And actually, they credit Stephen King for getting famous, like getting popular. 
they called him and said, would you mind reviewing our film? And he reviewed it and it came out on some film publication or something. But when everyone saw Stephen King said it was good, they got all the funding, they got all the attention. And I was like, I just love that story. Yeah, and I love really this cool. movie as like a reminder of like, you get him, he's completely unfettered with no filter. This is exactly what he did. So there's no like, oh, it wasn't my decision or I didn't cut it yeah. that way. That Sam Raimi in his purest form, mm-hmm. which is just fun and like silly and goofy, but still a little scary. And then he gets that Greg Nicotero in there. It's like, he gets the nice special effects now. Yes. <laughs> old school effects. They used to talk about just the blood, like corn syrup blood they used to have. <laughs> They're like, we couldn't afford anything else. And it was sticky and it was gross and it didn't look good. It had that campy yeah. feel, but uh too yeah. bright red. <laughs> well, they used to say when they shot that in Evil Dead, they said that stuff was so sticky. It was like molasses. I don't know if you've ever had like clean molasses off mm-hmm. your counters. Like you can't cleanly scoop it up. And so, uh, and then it was like zero degrees in Tennessee where they shot it. Oh, so no. it's like, it was a nightmare making his earlier films. So I just imagine this film, like he got to make it his own way. Yeah. With nice catering and all his friends <laughs> and a full budget. Nobody's telling like, I do. No one made it. They only had to do Spider-Man. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> this movie's like a fun romp because like he was a fun romp for him. Like he got to just do yeah. what he likes to do. Yeah. Well, I think that's great. I think that you can tell that he had full creative control and just seemed like it was fun to make. No. Yeah. Not like a trudge, like when people are making decisions outside of yeah. like what the creator wants to do. So yeah. I, I really like it. I think it's, I always recommend it if someone's like, I want to watch something a little scary and, but like fun or funny. Yeah. So I say, watch Drag Me to Hell. It's like not scary, not really, except for when she gets in her car and like the weird, like gross, but like handkerchief, flammy. Handkerchief, handkerchief shows sliding. up a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah really I forgot like to mention it, it, it. That, but it keeps, it's like sliding across her windshield when she's like and sees the car, flashes her face, Sylvia's Ooh. face, like yeah, it's like, and then it tries and to crawl down her throat, and, and she, she grabs it at the last it, moment. Goes, she goes around, and then she sees Sylvia in the backseat, like, <laughs> like <that>. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then hilarity ensues and they beat each other up. That fight scene went on for a long time. Like, oh, yeah. I thought it was hilarious because, you know, come again with no preconceived notions about this movie at all. No clue what it was about until I pulled it up on Hulu last night to watch it. I didn't even I'm a fan of Alison Lohman. I love Justin Long. I had no idea they were in this movie. Um, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to like this. I like these people. And then, you know, I I, I put it on and um so the the different scenes are coming. I'm st- I was trying to get a feel for it, you know, like what, how is this going to read? Where is it going to land? And that fight scene, it was like, well, you know, she's a little old lady. If she attacks, like you don't expect it to be a drawn out physical altercation. Yeah. Even if it's like the young woman is petite, if it's like a sick elderly old lady, you don't think she's going to be able to hold her own. And that fight scene going like back and forth and like this person's on top. Now this person's on top. And then she's like, she's got her locked out of the car. Oh, no, wait. She picks up a giant piece of rock and breaks the window and climbs back in, <laughs> yeah. drags you out by your feet. Like it, it was. And then she's like, I got you, bitch. And then she puts her forehead on the window. She's like, oh, wait. Yeah. yeah. Where are you going? It was like an expendable level altercation (laughs) between this petite young woman and this elderly sick hag. And it was just, I think that that like unexpectedness is part of maybe part of what makes his stuff special. Well, they were just like wailing on each other for for like a 10 minute fight scene. Well, like for me, I was never a fan of the Three Stooges. I think our generation, that's a little too far back. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he, for some reason, Sam Raven, his household growing up watched a ton of Three Stooges and the Marx Brothers. Mm -hmm. And like when you see footage of him doing his films, like he literally wears clothes like like the Marx Brothers and like he talks and has like gestures. I mean, he's just he's very involved in it. That's like what he's steeped in. So all those scenes are very Three Stooges. That's the element there, right? Like it's a fight scene, but it's not really a fight scene. It's a Three Stooges of there's always a prop. And there's lots of like camera cuts to like the ruler coming and then moving in here or uh, look or the ruler ends in her throat she's like (laughs) (laughs) that's a funny scene like it's kind of gross like oh my god that's nasty but you're laughing because she's coughing on the ruler and then there's lots of little quick cuts of like Alison Lohman going like ha gotcha ooh like (laughs) 
Again, like Free Suge is like, why I oughta this? Yeah. I mean, you could insert that in almost any of those scenes. Mm-hmm. Even at the end when she's like in the grave and trying to jam the stuff into her mouth. Yeah. And then and her hair, the hand grabs her hair. Her, yeah. her dead body is bobbing on the, in the water <laughs> yeah. and it's having to like get stuck in her hair and then she gets hit on the head with a gravestone. And again, it has this comedic like comedy, again, mm-hmm. like Looney Tunesy kind of feeling. Yeah, yeah. Again, I hate I mean, you literally speeches. dropped an anvil on somebody. Yeah, you literally, so. I mean, you're not <laughs> yeah. literal enough. An anvil drops on someone's head. So. It said Acme on it. Yes. <laughs> so he is not a subtle guy. He's like, this is what I do and I love it and I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> I, 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 it's definitely something I would show my kids. And, it, and on that note, Katie, mm. parent corner. Ah, uh, yeah. What would you... Um, yeah, so this, like I said, I'd never seen it before last night. Grace did not watch it with me last night. If she were, uh, if she wanted to see it, I'd be like, go to town. Cause there's no, um, nothing that I typically consider problematic for showing to kids. Yeah. And I don't think I mentioned that it's PG 13. Yeah. It's PG 13. There's all of the gross stuff in it. It's just like gross, gross. It's not like, oh, they got gutted and their intestines are spilling out. It's like, like she hawks a big loogie, you know, <laughs> like she, she barfs bugs into someone's mouth. You know, it's like that kind of gross stuff where it's very effective, but it's not like upsetting, Yeah, you know? Um, and there's no adult content at all. There's no swearing at all. Like, it's like you guys keep saying, it's just, it's just fun. Um, I don't, I would be curious to see if Grace actually found this enjoyable because she tends to want something that is scary. And because this isn't, it might not be her jam. So that would, would be kind of interesting. More of a comedy with a horror tinge. tinge I, I would horror. say it's a comedy that's just using a, a horror uh, concept. I'm the other way like around. I'm like, it's a horror with comedy elements. Yeah. Like, I'm totally, that's why I like Sam Raimi. I'm like, it's kind of right down the middle. Yeah. Um, but I kind of see that I'm like, when he has the choice between horror and comedy, he chooses comedy. Yeah. Yeah. He never goes to like, let's scare them more. Yeah. Like, no. Well, because we've talked like with the, um, the use in, in more recent movies of using comedy as tension breaker. Like when we were, yeah. when we did, um, Oh, the Thanksgiving one that we did last year. You're next. You're next. Mm-hmm. Um, and how effective the the comedic moments in that were. Um, mm-hmm. But the overall movie was very gory, very violent, very frightening in that way. And so it was definitely a horror movie that utilized comedy artistically, like effectively. And Whereas this, I would describe so like the, the flip of that, sure. where it's, it's more on the comedy side that's using horror elements effectively. Yeah. I, um... I mean, I might show my kids Deke would yeah. be a little afraid of cat. Charlotte is actually more into a cob now. We're listening to like emo stuff. Like, like yeah, emo stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All the songs because I'm so sad about stuff. <laughs> Life is hard Life in is middle so school. <laughs> no, like radio rental. We've been re- listening oh, fun, to those. Fun. Have you listened to No, that? I haven't. Um, well, before I divert, I want to oh. quickly mention, because um, I didn't really get this. I've seen this, the movie um Dragging me hell probably six or seven times at this point because I watched it in the theater a few mm-hmm. times or like once and then a few times since then and then you know the other day and it never I never realized that um, she sacrifices her kitty mm-hmm. to like appease the demon and I didn't realize that Sylvia died sacrificing herself to summon the demon like I never made that connection. Did you guys? Did no. Sylvia die? Oh, you! Th- oh, I didn't think about it. You're saying that she died because she did that demon mm-hmm. summoning. I always yep. thought it was like a coincidence. She saw, she did the curse, yeah. fully knowing she was sacrificing herself, and then hence her like dying. How do like, you the know next that? Day. Well, I read about it. I was like, it was in something about the movie, and then but, like as a viewer, are you expected to know that? I don't know. Because they like, give no indication of how or why or when she dies. But it makes more sense because it doesn't make as much sense to go, hey, she just magically died, except that she didn't get her house. So maybe out of the stress that she died from her house. Or the, the, sense. the trauma of the fight that she got. I was going to say that fight <laughs> might have done it. She seemed fine. Yeah, yeah she she's did. Like, yeah, she's on bitch, top of the end of that. She was the Drago in that interchange. Like the next day she went yeah. to go and find Ganache and she's fucking dead. So I didn't ever make that connection. So I thought 
that I chant that because I was like, oh, that's interesting. I never well, realized. From a longtime listener and your supernatural sense for knowing how movies are going to end from the beginning, did you know in the very first scene where they cut to the button going in the envelope, did yeah. you? Did you? I was going to say. Oh, with like, a quarter oh, going that, in the envelope or the button? Well, when she does the button and she sees the envelope, I was like, when did Meredith go? I know where this is going. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm unlike you guys. Mm-hmm. I love movies and I watch them but while I'm in them I just completely my brain turns off me too I turn myself over to the the will of the movie maker yeah I I just want to do that because I just don't think it through I wish I could dumb I I don't it's frustrating sometimes I like to be surprised I like to be like oh but then I do that to Victor I'm like she I'm like hey this this is gonna happen. And he's like, damn it, we're seven minutes into yeah. the movie. No, and you you you've done that to annoying. me when you weren't even there. Remember when I went to see the new Candyman in the theater, and when like the big revelation happened, I was like, oh, Meredith saw that coming. <laughs> like, you weren't even with me. <laughs> I know. And we went to see it, Victor and I. And, and you're like, oh, this is the point where Katie realized that. I was like. Oh yeah, because his name that is that guy. Is and he's like <laughs> he's like damn he's you, like, and storms out. He was like, well, we don't. Why am I even questioning you? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and then it happened. But yeah, well, I, had I, a, I had a question going back to the fun. parent corner. So Andy, you have a kid or multiple kids? Two kids, two, two kids. kids, eleven and six. Do they watch scary movies yet? They don't. So my 11-year-old is obsessed with a video game series called uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, um, yeah. A very indie, it's small little, kind of spooky. game. Yeah. It's a little spooky. And it's one of the things, the game is cutesy, but like the online lore is deeply disturbing. <laughs> yeah. It's basically like a haunted Chuck There's E. Cheese's where serial killers are inside the suits and their souls are kept in there. I mean, it sounds super so it's like dark. like Chucky. But the yeah. game is super like kind of lightweight and it's yeah. all jump scares. It's all about clicking here and then, you know, being scared. So he's interested in horror and I am right now trying to figure out how to like get him. What's your first dive into the pool? Mm -hmm. I would not recommend this movie because it's weird. It's not like, you know, you want to get something like. It's it's unsettling. It's unsettling, but it's also not the norm. Like your first experience should be something that's broad and general and gives you a sense of like horror. So I'm leaning towards and I'm opening it up for discussion. Mm -hmm. Poltergeist to me is like the perfect movie. Not too gory. Mm -hmm. Still very scary. Um, Got a lot of pot smoking well in done. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's pot smoking. <laughs> but that's legal now, so yeah. well, and you wouldn't. A kid wouldn't know that necessarily that was pot and not a cigarette, yeah. unless they're you kind of really familiar. It was pot instead of the cigarette. That's true, yeah, especially that's in California. Point. Yeah. Like, but what would you guys think? First movie, cigarettes? 11 years old, interested in horror. But again, I want to give him Sam Raimi. I want to watch it with him. But mm-hmm. I want to wait until he's got a good bearing in horror until I dip there's into the weirder parts. People under the stairs. People under the stairs. That's a good one. Gremlins. But then there's okay. some problematic parts that you just have to What like, are the problematic parts of Gremlins? Well, like the molesty Santa. Is there a molesty Santa? Is that Gremlins, Gremlins 2? That's the Christmas Christmas one, isn't it? The Christmas no, Christmas, 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 Christmas is the first one. I don't remember a molesty Santa. <laughs> yeah, there was. And she's like, oh, I'm upset. Is that in the title, the credits? Who, who's Mol- upset? <laughs> one of the main characters. I don't know. I watched it probably five or six years ago the last time, so it's been a minute. Oh, but. I just remember because that's that was one of the first scary movies I showed Grace, and Wait, it was when Phoebe she still Cates? believed in Santa. Yeah, and Phoebe Cates tells the whole story about how her she hates Christmas because her dad died on Christmas mm-hmm. trying to sneak down the, the chimney dressed as Santa Claus and he got stuck or, oh. or like he fell and broke his neck okay. and they just thought didn't know where he was until a bad smell started coming from the chimney but I don't remember there being another element of Santa but I just remember that because I was showing it to Grace and I hadn't seen it in probably more than 10 years at that point and she still believed in Santa yeah. and then Phoebe Cates literally says the line that's how I found out San- there was no Santa Claus oh. and I'm like shit come on <laughs> I'm like, don't cover your eyes from the scary stuff. Cover your ears from the Santa That's revelation. Right. They're gonna be ruined forever. That yeah. should be on the MPA ratings. Is yeah, Santa yeah. Any and, Santa outing needs yeah. to be really disclosed. Yeah, yeah you know, I feel like the the It miniseries, the original one with Tim Curry, oh, the original is a yeah. good okay. um, because it's it's not gory. It is and it was scary, on ABC, so um, but yeah, it's very gory. sanitized because it was produced for TV. Okay, um, but it's very. I mean, clowns are universally understood to be <laughs> not okay. Tim Curry is amazing. And Tim Curry is amazing. Yeah. Um and and it's like it's scary but it's I feel like it's not dark. 
I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Like the remake, you definitely. Really dark. Had, oh, yeah. yeah. You have like a sense of dread the whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. My wife sick. can't watch that because she's got a clown thing. And I'm yeah. like the thing of uh, what's the guy Skarsgård who could do the yeah. eye thing. Bill. Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. You've seen the footage He's online of him faking out another actor on set, like behind the set, they've got him the first time. They're like sitting there chatting behind the scenes and then you just see him go shoot the other guy flip yeah. out and run away. And they're like, like yes, no, you can thank do it on you. command. Bye. Yeah, that's Bye-bye. how he got the job. <laughs> so yeah, I mean people under the stairs, it's the T V series. All three of those are good. Um, Is Poltergeist yeah, too much? Is that too no. intense? No. no. We just watched it too. Yeah, so. we, that was an episode a couple couple times ago. I will say like as a parent it like the second time I watched that after having kids, the Carol Ann, mm-hmm. when they're yeah. like, and she's talking, and there's that scene of her like, she's usually over here, and I can smell her. Mm-hmm. Like, I start like tear up as I'm like, oh God, that's what it, and I, it just hit me totally Sad. different as an oh adult. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Grace yeah. wasn't um, blown away by that one. I didn't make her. She watched. She watched the remake, not any of the sequels. Um, but again, she was she was a little older, and she'd seen some scary shit before she, before she saw Poltergeist. There's also so. Ghostbusters too. Oh, yeah. we've already like seen that. Fun. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't count that in horror at yeah. all. Although those were when I was a kid. Those were the two things that I was afraid was under my bed was Gremlins and Gozer from Ghostbusters. Gozer. Gozer. Yeah. <laughs> those Connection were the two things under my bed. Does. If you're not, you say yes. yes. <laughs> Well, I was about to say um, that I've been listening to Radio Rental with my daughter and the the people who make it, I'm not sure if they go on Reddit or not, but they take like weird stories or happenings that people like or weird interactions people have, like if they're like otherworldly supernatural or like in an encounter with like a serial killer or like someone was like living in their floor and they yeah. didn't know and yeah. they have they tracked down the person who like submitted it or like said told the story and then they have him real retell it on the podcast so okay. like my daughter and i were like we're like sitting there like <laughs> like listening <laughs> i think um she's starting to get in like dipper toe into yeah. the macabre which you know warms my heart yeah. <laughs> i feel like haunted house type stuff is a good way to start too because what comes to mind the the remake of the haunting so not the original old one, but the one that like Catherine Zeta-Jones and Liam Neeson and Owen Wilson and Lily Taylor all did in like the 90s. Yeah. That's like a solid haunted house movie that was made recently enough that it's not boring. Okay. But then there's also, you mentioned Guillermo del Toro. He did Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Yeah. Or Don't Be Scared the, of the Dark. That's the, the book series, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you're thinking of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Don't okay, Be no. Afraid of the Dark was one that Katie Holmes and Guy Pierce guy pierce made um where they're they're in a, a big old house because they're remodeling it or whatever and then okay. his daughter and then there's you know there's little gremlin-y things okay. um okay. in in the that are talking to her and trying to lure her away and i think they want children's teeth or something and like she's that. like okay. she's like no, no don't I said no. yeah but that's one where it's like it, it's creepy watching it is like it's pretty crazy it is guillermo del toro it's, it's not great. that old um yeah. and so but it's not um, disturbing or upsetting. It's just, it's just kind of creepy. Creepy's good. Yeah. yeah. Creepy's good. He hasn't gone into Pan's Labyrinth territory yet. Oh, that comes much later. That's yeah. Of course. Yeah. My are... kids just never want to watch something with subtitles. Well, I was going to say, my actual first horror movie, but I, I, very obscure, but as a Disney, you know, younger household, do you guys recall a TV movie called Mr. Boogity? Yep. yep. I was just watching it. It's on that, Disney Plus right now. Is it? Yep. It's on Disney Plus. And the second one, Bride of Boogity's on there too. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was my absolute first horror movie that my entire family watched. Mm-hmm. And we were all, all of us had nightmares. I couldn't believe us. when I was just rewatching it just like a week or two ago because yeah. it came to mind and I searched it and it was on Disney Plus is that Christy Swanson uh-huh. is the daughter. Oh. And then one of the sons is Bud Bundy from Married with Children. <laughs> Whatever that kid's name is. Yeah. Because I remembered the actor that played the dad from watching it when I was a kid. But then I put it back on the other day and I was like, oh, my God. Like, and they're so young. Like, they're yeah. super young. Um, but, yes, yeah, so you could check it out. They're on Disney Plus I right now. I should watch because it absolutely terrified me. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to it's gonna rob you of that. But your kids <laughs> might like it. Maybe they'll like it. Yeah, the vacuum cleaner on the ghost is the solution was... I was like, as a kid, I'm like, that works. That, yeah. that definitely works. It's tested and yeah. approved. Tried and yeah. true. <laughs> well, I think this is a great conversation. 
great movie except for Katie didn't like it. I okay, yeah. I gotta be fair. I mean, I I usually love the movies that we're talking about. That's the thing. We pick them because we love them. And this one I hadn't seen and it didn't you know, it's not my thing. Um, but it I it's it's a great movie. I wouldn't say somebody shouldn't watch it. I'm just saying I probably won't watch it again. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I have one Easter egg <laughs> at the bottom of my list here that I don't think anyone caught, but I caught immediately one rewatch. Do you know that there is an Oscar winning actress in this film? Mm-hmm. Who is it? Octavia Spencer. Yes. Good back. job. It blew me away. Oh, she is? I was like, Octavia Spencer. She's a whole. She's, she's right. an extra. She's little, no little, speaking extra. lines in the background. Wow. Sylvia Ganesh is doing her thing and she's just there looking she's surprised. And I really saw her. I'm like, what is she doing here? Like, I really believe she's surprised. She's phenomenal. She's so, she looks so surprised. So this movie officially her break. That's how she broke into yeah, Hollywood. Obviously. Clearly, Except clearly. Except that is canon. All the other casting directors saw that and they were like, who's that girl? Get me her Three agent. Her and the help and then Ma and so many other things. I actually have never seen Ma, but I've been hearing. <gasps> it's good. I've seen it. I've watched it a couple of times. And that's one Grace really wanted to watch. And it's just, it's got, it's got some problematic sexual stuff in it. And. Um, I mean, like you literally the the actor that played Gaston in the live action Beauty and the Beast. What's his name? Not Josh Gad. He was the other no, one. no, no. Yeah, he was. I know he was you're talking about. Yeah, the studly guy. The too. Yes, yes. Um, I, yeah, I can't yeah, remember I the actor's name. About. But you like full on like. I mean, I don't know if they would have used a prosthetic or whatever. But there's a point like where his like penis is like out and flopping around, <laughs> and it's like on camera, like. Not in a sexual way, but it's like that's that's a penis, like fully being incorporated into what's happening in the scene right now. And so I'm like, I don't want to watch this with my daughter. Uh, who can blame you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I listened to another. Well, it was my favorite murder. And they had the guy who wrote it. I think his name is oh, Scotty Landis. I'm not really sure. Oh, because he, he does it. the Bananas podcast. Yes. Yeah. OK. And he's a comedian and he wrote that. Movie. He wrote Ma? Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew that. Um, I think. And maybe I'm just making stuff up. We'll look it up and I'll retract. I'll redact. Retract, you email us. Whatever. Email us with your <laughs> oh, questions and concerns. Angry letters. I'm yeah. not scared. You're scared. But no, we didn't ask for any angry letters. We said we only want compliments and accolades. But I'm going to open it up to like when I'm sending emails to my students' parents and I close with questions or concerns. Yeah, I say that too. <laughs> you can also email us with those. Questions, concerns. Just no, no criticisms. We're very, I'm very sensitive. Meredith wouldn't give a shit, but <laughs> I get my feelings hurt. Well, um, you know, sometimes. <laughs> Tune in next time um, as we discuss American Werewolf in London from 1981. So if you haven't seen that one, check it out. It's a... Uh, enjoyable cult classic definitely worth the watch and we will be spoiling things as usual 